Welcome to the first episode ever of Make Marriage Work. Welcome, welcome. On today's episode... Hold on. Okay. (laughs) We have done this intro a couple of times, and we're trying to figure it out, and it's a little uncomfortable. Mal doesn't want me to say we had the great opportunity. Strons is talking like someone he's not. Like a robot. But we're figuring it out, and if we can figure it out, then we get to go eat ice cream. So we're going to try this one more time so we can go get our ice cream. (laughs) Welcome to the first episode ever of Make Marriage Work. Welcome, everybody. This is me being myself. (laughs) On today's episode, we were able to speak with Sam and Sarah Baker, who are our college friends, and they share some awesome tips with how they make their marriage work. Just to tell you a little bit about Sam and Sarah, they have been married for close to six years. They have two beautiful children, Caden, who is three, and Maggie, who is one. They moved to North Carolina about a year ago as Sam is pursuing his MBA at Duke University. And they share lots of amazing insights from their relationship, um, challenges, and how they overcame those challenges together, um, and talk about couples therapy and lots of just awesome experiences. And then at the end of the episode, we'll give you takeaways that you can apply in your own relationship. So make sure you stay tuned through the end. And because it's our first episode, we're still learning. Um, and so I did a lot of my, I'm a couples therapist, so I did a lot of my mm-hmm, mm-hmm throughout the episode, which I learned isn't that helpful on a podcast. So bear with me through that and I'll try to work on that next time. Um, but we're happy to have you here and we can't wait to share this conversation with the bakers with you. Let's get to it. This is Make Marriage Work, a podcast for happy couples who are ready to learn how to argue better and connect more. We're Strons and Mallory Wolfgram. Mallory is a couples therapist, but this podcast isn't therapy. It's chatting with real couples like you about how to make marriage work. At the end of each episode, we give you clear takeaways that you can try out in your own relationship. All right, let's get going. Hi, Sam and Sarah. So good to have you on the podcast. First episode. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. We're excited. We're happy to be here. Of course. Okay, so we are going to just dive right in. And our first question for you guys is, what do you love most about each other? Okay, I'll go first. Um, this is something that was hard to narrow down, which sounds cheesy, but I think it really is. To, it's hard to just pick one thing that you love the most, but For sure. something that I wanted to do was make sure that it was focused more on like our relationship and rather like him as a parent. Cause he's a great dad too, but, um, I kind of wanted to focus more on like why I think, uh, I just love him as my husband. And I think the thing that I love most about him is that he's just really like passionate about growth and becoming better. I love him completely as he is. Um, and I don't like need to change him, but I think that he's just really good at taking feedback and he's humble when I ask him to change something or learn something new, he's ready to just like take that on and try to be better or try something different. And that's always meant a lot to me. He's always really good at like setting goals and striving to just be better. And I think that's really admirable about him. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, short and sweet, like this one's pretty easy for me because 
someone asked me the other day, like, who's your best friend? Anyway, I went into my wife is actually my best friend. And they said, Oh, what do you love most about her? And I said, well, she's just so supportive. Um, like she's always been supportive and I just didn't realize like sometimes you take that for granted, but she's always supported me when I wanted to, you know, pursue a job or go back to school or even try a new hobby. She finds a way to make it work, even if it's putting her at an inconvenience sometimes. And she's a very good listener. And so when I tell her about this and that and bore her with stories from work or school, she acts like <laughs> interesting. Um, and I just think that's a real skill because it makes me want to be supportive of her when she wants to try anything. Mm-hmm. Those are so tender and heartwarming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you for sharing those. That's awesome. Those are both great qualities. Yeah. So you guys have been, um, you guys have been married, I think around the kind of the same time that Mallory and I have, have been like going on to six years. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, July is six. Uh Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. We got married the same month. I remember. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm, we're curious to know, like, is is there a funny or relatable argument or conflict uh, that you guys have worked through together? Yeah, we actually last night, we were having a date night and we wanted to watch a movie. And the problem with movies in our relationship is that I always, like literally always will fall asleep if we're watching a movie. <laughs> and so... It gets tricky because like there's sometimes when I want to watch a movie and then I realize that if it's a movie that only I wanted to watch, Sam is going to be stuck watching it like an hour and a half without me because I <laughs> like the first 20 to 30 minutes. So um, last night I was like, well, why don't you just pick the movie? Because we know that I'm going to fall asleep. And sometimes we agree on the movie, which we kind of did last night. We both wanted to see it, but it was more of his pick. And I was like, that's probably a better idea because. I think I only lasted like 15 minutes last night. <laughs> what was your favorite part of the movie, babe? She goes, that opening scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it really wasn't great. It was just the only scene I saw. So, I mean, we don't get like mad about it. It's just like a given. Well, she, yesterday she's like, well, if we started movies before 11 o'clock, maybe I would stay awake. And I'm like, honestly, we'd have to start at like 7 p.m. for you to stay awake. <laughs> um, but what we're trying to do, yeah, what we're trying to do is either she lets me pick the movie or if we actually want to watch a movie, we have to like pick it out beforehand and make yeah. sure to start at like very, I think 8 p.m. would probably be fine. Yeah, I'd probably but handle that. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> different because I'm like, let's turn on a movie at 10 p.m., but she can't do that. So. Right. I think that's so relatable. I think Strauss is the one in our relationship who is much more likely to fall asleep in movies. I feel like there's always one person. Um, <laughs> and I love that example because like you're saying, it's not like you've fixed that Sarah doesn't fall asleep during movies. That's just like something you guys accept about, you know, Sarah, lovely Sarah and the relationship. (laughs) And instead it's just figuring out how do we work with that and like plan around it. And Sarah is like, well, I'm pretty tired. So maybe you choose this movie because I probably won't make it so long. And Sam's like, if Sarah wants to watch it, like cares about it, let's start it earlier. So it's like, we're accepting that there's a difference, but we're like mm-hmm. figuring out what to do with it so that it doesn't cause problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the longer you're married, the more you just say like, look, I'm not going to try to change that. Cause I think it's just going to happen. And how can we work around it and mm-hmm. have a big deal? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I really like mm-hmm. that example. That's awesome. Okay. So we're diving a little deeper with our next question. Um, which is what is one of the most challenging experiences you guys have been through together? 
and how did you work through it as a couple? Yeah, so I'm going to explain this one. Sarah said she'll chime in um, when she feels necessary, but I was thinking about a time um, before we left Provo. This is when I was applying, like, well, I was thinking about going to business school and it was just, it wasn't like one challenge. I think it was just like a series of challenges. So we were pregnant with our second. We had Caden. He was like, what? Not two yet. And we, uh, Sarah was pregnant with Margaret. It was kind of a harder pregnancy, the way she was feeling. For some reason, she was feeling more anxious uh, about everything. And obviously having, you know, to wrangle uh, a little kid already while you're pregnant. And I was gone with work and applying to business schools. And she was just having a harder pregnancy. And I think what that led to was me feeling like, I didn't want to burden her with any of my problems. And so when I would have something that I wanted to talk about or those making me anxious, I wouldn't really talk to her about it because I thought, oh, she's got enough on her plate already. I don't want to stress her out. But what that led me to was a little bit of withdrawal. and I would start to feel more anxious and it was just kind of like a wedge was being driven and I didn't realize it. And I don't think she knew why either, but it was mostly that I was like bottling up um, some of my feelings and stuff. And then around that same time in July, I was actually assaulted. I was a victim of a violent crime, which was a rough situation. Um, but the good part about that was um, the government paid for some counseling for me. You know, if I need any psychological help, um, I kind of recovered pretty well. It was kind of an isolated incident, and I don't, I'm not worried about it. But we decided to use that as an opportunity to continue counseling with the two of us. And so we started working on our marriage and our counselor was super great. Just like, you know, pivoting from the, the assault to like, Hey, let's talk about what you guys really need. Um, and that really helped us understand how we were not communicating. Cause we just didn't, you know, it's hard to fix a problem that you didn't know you had. Yeah. In hindsight, we recognize those things, but in the middle of it all, it was just, it was what it was. And so looking back, we've had a lot of time and like counseling to kind of diagnose some of those problems. But at the time it was just frustrating because it felt like, we weren't on the same page and we didn't know why. And I felt like I was doing all the complaining and like, he just seemed to be perfect and like nothing was wrong, but mm-hmm. um, it just, you know, we weren't really turning toward each other um, when we were having problems. And then on top of all of that, once um, Margaret was born, she was born in November and I had I didn't have any postpartum depression or anxiety after our first and so I wasn't I always knew it was a possibility but I wasn't really expecting anything to be that way with our second but I think because I had a lot of anxiety through the first pregnancy or I mean sorry with my pregnancy with Margaret um after I had her that anxiety didn't just like disappear I still had a lot of um just stress and anxiety about Margaret as a baby and about my life in general. And so um, because we had been going to therapy together and I would mention, you know, I'm just not doing great. Like I just get easily agitated and I'm just frustrated for no reason. And most of my things were not uh, depression related, but more anxiety and um, like anger related. And so that's just not who I've been as a person in my life. I'm not typically an angry person. So this was new for me. Um, I mean, I've gotten angry before, but it was like a lot more uh, common than normal. And so they uh, our therapist recommended that I go to a group therapy session for um, moms who have postpartum depression and anxiety. And it was hard for me to kind of accept that because I didn't feel like I fit the mold for a diagnosis of postpartum depression. But when I learned more about it, I recognized that it was definitely a problem that I wanted help with. And so I ended up going to group therapy for 
my anxiety and it was extremely valuable. And I learned so much about myself and about what other moms go through um, after having a baby. And anyway, it was kind of this whole time of our life. This is a long answer to your question, but it's just this whole time of our lives where we were working through a lot of in our marriage. And then on top of my um, postpartum time, and we continued going to group, um, sorry, couples therapy while I was going to group therapy. And I feel like just in general, it strengthened our relationship to have more communication and just turning toward each other in those times, as opposed to turning away. Okay. So many beautiful, wonderful things you just shared. Thank you so much for sharing all those pieces and really vulnerable personal pieces you guys have been through. Um, first of all, um, we, as you guys know, pro couples therapy, yay for couples therapy, all those things. So thanks for sharing <laughs> your experiences, trying out couples therapy and how it's benefited you guys. I think um, the more people hear, you know, that happy couples are going to couples therapy to strengthen their relationship, the more it normalizes it. Um, and so we're excited to hear that you guys had that positive experience. And I also think, um, Sarah, you mentioned that group that you went to for postpartum depression and anxiety moms and how that was helpful. And that's another really cool resource to make sure people know about and um, hear how I appreciate you saying like, I didn't really feel like it fit exactly, but it sounds like it really benefited you, which is fantastic. And thank you for sharing all those pieces. Yeah. Can I go ahead? Yeah, Sam. Well, just one more thing on the couple therapy thing. I, I guess I had been, so I'm, my dad's a psychologist. And so I'm like, not, you know, I'm pro psychology, pro therapy, if you need it. Like, but I think that the thing was, I have been too proud to be like, well, you know, couples therapy, that's for people who are going to get a divorce. I guess for some reason that would like be like a last resort in my mind. And I think that helped me learn that it's just not true because we were, we'd never floated a divorce out there. And I don't think like that was never in our plans. And, but it strengthened us. And I think the, the best part of therapy for me was to diagnose problems again that we didn't know we had. And so I don't think, I think we should help, you know, destigmatize that. Like, please go to therapy. It'll just make happy couples happier. And if you're mediocre, you'll get better. Like everyone, you start where you're at and you can get better from where you are. Beautiful. Yeah, Sam, I, I really liked uh, one thing you said about um, at the very beginning uh, of your explanation of um you know, when you were working full time, this is when you before you guys moved out to North Carolina, but you know, you were going through the process of applying to business school, you're working full time, Sarah was pregnant. Um, and you were just feeling, you know, very anxious and very, very stressed to where you didn't want to um, ask her for for help. Because you felt like she um, didn't need it at the time, because, you know, she was taken on a, a lot as well uh, as you were. And I think a lot of couples and especially myself, sometimes I, I, I assume that Mallory um, can't help me because um, sh she's busy as well. She has a lot on her plate. Therefore I don't want to bother her. And I, and I really loved how you guys were able to identify how you not reaching out to each other um, because you guys thought, you guys were doing a favor for each other was actually increasing this wedge and driving this wedge between you two. And um, I just thought that was really cool that yeah. you guys were able to identify that um, after the fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, something we wouldn't have known unless we'd like 
you know, we had to have that there. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like we could have maybe eventually figured that out on our own, but it was just so nice to have our guy Marty just kind of be an objective opinion to like help us sort this out, like separate the emotion, you know, here's what you actually need. You know, anyway, I can't mm-hmm. talk about how great it was. Like it was really, really eye opening for us. Yeah. That's awesome. I was just going to add to, I think both of you guys said like, we just kind of slowly like started getting a little bit more distant or like kind of a little more closed off and like just things weren't exactly where we wanted them, but it, it sometimes can happen so slowly that it's hard to notice that it's happening until you guys kind of got to this point where um, Sam had that traumatic incident and there's kind of all these different things where it's like, Oh, we probably need to deal with this. And then it took looking back and really doing some work together and having some probably harder conversations to kind of realize we need to kind of shift things. Yeah, it definitely was slow. And I think that was, probably part of like that was one of the hardest things is because if it were to happen overnight it wouldn't have I mean we would have probably tried to stop it sooner but we just didn't Mm -hmm. even recognize it was happening and then I think you're right that kind of experience that we had with the assault and everything was just like kind of snapped us into this reality of like wait who are we now that this has happened and like how do we move forward and I think it was just it was definitely beneficial to um, have a moment where we were kind of forced to look back and see how we were going to be able to move forward. And so, um, yeah, it definitely did take a lot of work though. I, I think the first few times when we went I, to therapy, I was just like crying because I felt nervous to even be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it sucks. So like, I guess I don't want to paint it too rosy. Like the first few sessions you might feel uncomfortable or whatever, but I think it's like peeling back the layers and then eventually it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point of couples therapy. Isn't necessarily going to be like you said, like rosy and fun and laughing together or anything like that. But it's kind of, like you said, it's kind of this investment of there's going to be hard conversations and it's hard work. um, But then you get that benefit back. For sure. And you get tools to like continue to do it on your own. So like since we've moved out here, we haven't done any sessions or anything, but I think I learned a lot in that. What was it like eight months that we were going? Mm-hmm. We were, anyway, it, it's just like it, they prepare you for life. They teach you how to fish and then you can take those lessons forward. Totally. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Um, so you guys moved to North Carolina. Um, Sam's going to school full time. Sarah, uh, you're at home with Margaret and Caden. You guys are in a new state, new environment. Um, how do you guys stay close and, and connected? I mean, you guys mentioned that you guys have a date night. Uh, but yeah, how do you guys stay close and connected? Yeah, I think we tr- have been trying more to be intentional with our date nights. I think with uh, kids, And moving to a new place that was kind of challenging, just finding babysitters and uh, just learning how to navigate a new situation. But I think we've done a lot better, actually, since we've moved here because we've um, just we know the importance of spending quality time together without distractions of our phone and our kids and uh, school and work and all those types of things. Like I've just kind of we make 
limits on like what we can talk about when we're on our dates because I don't really want to hear about another spreadsheet and he probably doesn't want to hear about another like poopy diaper so we're like let's work at home I mean work yeah and then like let's go on a date and talk about things that are just different and fun and like sometimes I come up with questions to ask him that I'm like if you could spend a million dollars on one thing tomorrow, you know, just different things. And I'm like, I wonder what he would say. I don't know what he would say. I think that's been kind of fun. So mm-hmm. I think what we've been trying to do to stay close and connected is having a date night where we just really listen to each other and talk about things that we don't typically get to talk about. And that's been really fun to just grow closer together. And I'll reiterate some of the things she said and add a few of my own. I mean, I think putting the phones away is a huge one. Um, because there's always some kind of distraction, something going on on your phone. And so it's easy to feel like that person's not listening or like, uh, or I'll be like, Sarah, why are you always on your phone? It's like, I don't realize when I'm on my phone, the only thing I realize is when she's on her phone. And so I'm probably on my phone just as much. She just feels, you know, we're feeling the opposite of each other. When I want to talk, she's not there and and vice versa. Um, So we do definitely put our phones away. And I actually, when I think of like our funnest date, I think it was, yeah, we just went out to eat and I don't remember what we did after, but she was asking me these fun questions that were like, what's one, you know, one sporting event you could, you'd want to go to of all the sporting events. Cause she knows I love sports or like, just like these questions that were fun to think about. And it showed that she really cared. And then I asked the same about her. So I think doing something, you know, out of the ordinary, even if it doesn't, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be some crazy um, vacation, although we've done some of those together. Um, and the other thing that I think about is, being truthful about your feelings. I think I've learned that that really brings us together a lot more than anything else, at least for me, because instead of closing off, I'll just tell her how I'm feeling. This is on my mind. Instead of her having to be like, what do you, what's going on? You seem irritable or you're not talking much. It's like, I'll just come to her and be like, Hey, this is not probably not a big deal, but can I talk to you about it? And then like, it just helps me feel better. And she's like in the loop. And so it doesn't, we don't have secrets. I mean, I don't, I don't know that every needs to share everything with each other that's just kind of what works for us I'm just open and she's open and I feel like we've never been closer so beautiful um I really like I'll start with kind of the date night piece of Sarah you were kind of saying like you ask these questions and like even look up some questions and I think what you're getting at is just sometimes we can go on a quote unquote date night, but we're talking about work or, you know, like you said, the kids or these things that don't really take us into just focusing on our relationship and questions like that really expand like our understanding of each other and keep like, keep us really knowing each other on a deeper level than just like co-parents or just, um, you know, working and coming home and all that. And so I think that's a really great point of like being really intentional on those dates date nights to get to know each other and sometimes even like we're five years in we can feel like there's nothing to get to know like we already know them all the way um but like you're saying there's things that I don't know how they'd answer or just fun different questions and so I I really like that idea um and then Sam to you guys probably know from like our Instagram page and everything. We're like, share your feelings, feel your feelings, let each other into all your feelings. And so we're definitely all in on that of, like you said, noticing just sharing how you're feeling and looping Sarah in makes you guys feel close and connected. 
Well, and I think it's about like talking before you feel like you need to talk or like just talking, you know, having constant talks instead of waiting until like, oh, I'll just yeah. wait till it boils over or I won't bother her with this until it's an actual problem. And then it's always like too late and you have to like mm-hmm. it just escalates. And so if I, there's something that I think I should tell her, like you always have that feeling like, oh, maybe I should tell my partner this. I feel like you just got to listen to that prompting and actually like share it. And mm-hmm. usually it goes better than you think it will instead of me trying to be like, well, I'll just wait. It's like, just don't just just talk. You well, know? I'm like. I've notoriously shied away from conflict in our relationship and like pretty much my whole life. And so I think what's better for me is instead of a big giant argument or discussion that takes hours, like there are sometimes problems that we have to work through that take hours and I hate that. And so I feel, I mean, it has to happen and I'd rather talk about it than not, but I think we've learned at least for us, it works so much better to just have a lot of little conversations about things instead of making it like a really big deal because then I typically get closed off and I get sad and I don't want to talk. And like, that's just harder for me. So if we have a lot of like, Hey, this might be a small thing. It's just so much easier for me to digest and like work on it. And so, or have him work on it, you know, whatever it is. I just think it's so much better to have constant communication about the way we're feeling so that it doesn't become something so big that it like keeps me from being able to have that conversation. Yeah, I think that's huge. Like I'm imagining, I'm really visual. So I'm I'm imagining like Sarah's like, I just prefer like a few drops at a time rather than say I'm like dumping a bucket over my head all of a sudden. Um, But I think that's a really real thing of if we can just share like little bits at a time, it doesn't need to necessarily be so catching us off guard or being really overwhelming. That's perfect. Yeah. I think that's exactly what I was trying to say. I think that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So our last question is what is your number one tip for others on how to make marriage work? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I, okay. I kind of hate the number one thing because I never can narrow it down to like one. Can I do like three that are equally important? Yes. Go so for it. I won't go on a, like a monologue here. But You're good. Let's hear it all. Well, I mean, the first one is like, it's okay to go to bed angry. Okay. Because yeah. you know, when people say that, I don't know if that's something on your page probably should be because people are like, you got to like solve everything. I'm like, look, you're just tired. You wake up and you're like, what were we arguing about again? Or, um, you know, make sure you're fed. If you're, maybe you're just hangry. Like, it's just funny. I mean, I guess the overall theme is like, make sure that you're not attributing, you know, a conflict, something your partner did to like situational circumstances. And I think assuming the best intent has really helped us and just saying like, okay, she didn't mean to hurt my feelings or I didn't mean to do that. Like just knowing that we're on the same team and we want the same things, like that just helps ease any conflict. Um, I I mean, in addition to that, like, I think it's things I've already talked about. Like, I guess just don't be afraid to talk about the hard stuff. Like the more you put it off, if you need to talk to them about it, like just get it over with and rip the bandaid off. And like, usually people will react better than, you think, um, you know, be intentional about maintaining your relationship because I think if you just let it go and go with the, you know, you might end up going your separate ways or you just kind of drift apart. Like we didn't even realize what we were doing. So we're being pretty intentional about it. And I think mm-hmm. lastly, just something I talked about already is like, don't be afraid to get help if you need it. It doesn't, I mean, maybe a professional counselor, but maybe it's just, yeah. Talking to your friends about like, Hey, what do you guys do? Like, I don't think there's any shame to admitting that marriage is hard and like it's hard work. I think it needs to be more like put out there of like marriage can be hard. Marriage is probably hard for everyone at certain points and like everyone's different. So find what works for you, but it's okay to share how difficult it is. And I think we get power from each other when we do that. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. Those were all beautiful. 
<laughs> it's hard to follow that, but I think my one of my biggest tips that I've learned uh, through therapy and in our relationship is uh, not to take on the other person's emotions and feelings because mm-hmm. I'm a very empathetic person. So it's hard for me to just distance myself from Sam's feelings, which feels, I mean, it's so hard and I'm trying, I'm always working on the balance in every situation. Um, but sometimes he's frustrated about something and it could be completely unrelated to me. It's just life for the kids or whatever mm-hmm. school. And I, for whatever reason, like automatically take on those feelings like very easily. And so if he's frustrated, I'm already like, I'm already frustrated just hearing him say that he's frustrated. And I think it's something that I've had to work on. And I can say like, I don't have to be frustrated or I don't have to be angry just because he is, or I don't have to be sad just because he is. I can be my own person and figure out how I feel about the situation. And sometimes we are feeling the same way and we work through that. But I think uh, my biggest like learning point has been to just say like, stop and like think about how you're feeling in this moment and not just automatically take on what he's feeling because then it just makes the situation like difficult and I it's not even like genuine feeling for me and so that's just been really helpful in our marriage to just whenever we're having a discussion or an argument um to just kind of like pause and I'm always like I need more time to talk about this than he does but I found that that just works for me to just pause think about how I'm actually feeling about it and then I can come back to the situation and I'm a lot more level-headed usually, or I'm still mad and I'm still sad, but at least I like am owning my feelings. And I think that's been super helpful for us. Yeah. I like that of just noticing what you need in those moments and um, being aware of like, I sometimes soak up more than I need to, and I can be aware of what he's feeling, but not take it on. And that actually makes me more helpful in those moments. Yeah, because we had that experience when we were talking to Marty, like, it it would be like, she'd be sad, and I'd try to fix it. I'd be like, okay, let's move on. Like, I would, you know, be sad with her. And so I'm like, okay, let's let's move on. We got to move on, because we can't just wallow in this. It's like, maybe she needs more time, and I need to move on, or I I can still be happy and give her time to, or she would, you know, I'd tell her about something that's upsetting me. And then I'd be like, Oh, I feel so much better. And she's like, well, now I feel crappy, like, because she took it on. And so I think that's why maybe I stopped telling her things because I'm like, oh, it just makes her sad. And so I think that was like groundbreaking where it's like, look, you can empathize. You can like say, I'm really sorry about that and then try to help. But you can also still you're allowed to be happy and allowed to live your life, um, you know? Yeah. Like figuring out emotional boundaries that work for each of you. And it sounds like you guys are aware of like you're pretty different with emotions and conflict and all of that and figuring out like how we can each work on ourselves in those moments and be there for each other in those moments. Exactly. It's tricky. And I'm sure it works differently for everyone, but like figure out what worked for us was a huge step forward. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, beautiful. I know I keep saying beautiful, but everything (laughs) you guys said was so freaking beautiful. (laughs) I think there's just chock full of such helpful info for other couples and things that we can all think about and apply and, we really appreciate you guys sharing your experiences with us. Yeah, get yeah. real with the bakers over here. <laughs> <laughs> real with the bakers. Real yes. with the bakers. Yeah, thank you very much for being, you know, vulnerable and telling us your guys' experiences. And um, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having us. It was 
nice to hear you guys again and I hope I hope you get at least like two minutes worth of good stuff out of this <laughs> <laughs> try 30 we got lots <laughs> thank you guys great talking yeah. to you thank you we'll see you bye okay how good was that episode the bakers are the freaking best getting real with the bakers getting real with the bakers we love talking with them um, so now we're going to give you three takeaways that you can apply from the bakers in your own relationship. Um, we, I kind of got this idea from one of my favorite podcasts by Allison Faulkner, who's just the best. Um, and she talks about how it's one thing to hear things and think about it. And it's another thing to like write things down, have a conversation and actually make the change. So we're hoping these takeaways can be something that you take home to your partner and actually have this conversation with them tonight um, or tomorrow and actually get some change in your relationship from these episodes. So we're going to try out calling them work it. <laughs> so like work it number one, because it kind of goes with make marriage work, right? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so we're going to give you three work it's on the end of every episode, like, like Missy Elliott, work it. Work it. I need a glass of water. Exactly. Yeah. So you ready, babe? Let's work it. Just work it. Yes. Yes. So Go Mitchell. My brother Mitchell made the music for this episode. So fun. Okay. Let's dive into the work it. Work it number one. Um, what is the difference between you and your partner that you can accept and work with together to have it cause less problems without trying to change the other person? Um, so this was coming from that example with Sarah, how she falls asleep in movies. They're not trying to change her. They're just trying to work with it. So is there something in your relationship that you guys can accept as causing some sort of tension or conflict, um, but work with it rather than trying to stop it. Wonderful. So work at number two is, do you choose not to share hurt or stress with your partner in fear of putting more on their plate? Sam did a wonderful job at explaining this during the interview. Um, and this is a wonderful exercise that we all can do to identify. Is it you that kind of holds back when you're feeling stressed or hurt, or is it your partner? And then you know, once you have had that conversation, seeing how you can share more with your partner so they can be there for you. And work at number three. Um, I loved the analogy, I guess, that I came up with <laughs> but that was inspired by Sarah, um, where she was describing kind of that drip versus the dumping a bucket. So how can you and your partner share emotion in drips rather than dumping a full bucket of emotion on each other? Um, so kind of related to number two, learning to share little bits of hard emotion with each other a little bit at a time, rather than waiting till it's this kind of full bucket that can be really overwhelming and cause conflict or stress for each other. Um, so those are our three work it's, um, we hope you'll at least choose one to go home and talk to your partner about, or shoot them a text right now. If you guys are both apart and just start the conversation and hopefully learn something new about each other and make your marriage work just a little bit better. Now it's time for ice cream. Yes, we made it. Thank you. Ice cream. See you guys next time. 
you like this episode, we'd be super grateful if you would rate and review our podcast. And don't forget to tell your friends. It really does help other listeners find us. And make sure to find us on Instagram for more relationship tips at Make Marriage Work. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.